Little dude. Alright. I think um I think we are We're live, I believe. <clears throat> cool. I right, figured we'd do uh we do um our tear talk on uh cookies. Oh on cookies. Dude, we might as I have well... strong opinions on that. Alright, well we might as well start with it then, I feel like. I feel like we should just jump right into cookie talk. You want me to go since you need to think? Oh yeah, I dude, I have no idea, honestly. I need to hear your opinions first. Alright. Honor honorable mention is for my favorite cookies would have to be um those peanut butter ones with the Hershey Kiss. Oh, like the peanut butter drop or whatever? The blossoms or whatever they're called? Yeah, yeah. So that's my honorable mention. My number three is gingerbread cookies. I really like... I think gingerbread's underrated. I like gingerbread cookies. Um, number two is <clears throat> chocolate chip. But they have to be like... Like, I like mine, like, super soft. Okay. Um, I know some people like crunchy, like the, the crunchier ones, but I don't. And number one is, uh, has to be, um, Snickerdoodle. Snickerdoodle. I could, uh, I could demolish some Snickerdoodle. All right. All right. That's so why I have to think of one word to describe your list. Um... Uh, it's got to be unexpected. I didn't expect gingerbread out of you. I'll be honest. I almost threw in uh, like a good ricotta cookie. I've never had one of those. Sometimes they're really dry. What's a ricotta cookie? Um, they're. I mean, you can make them a bunch of different ways. They just have ricotta in them, and they're supposed to um make them more moist. Hmm. Um, but. Damn. Yeah, for me, all right, let me, uh, I was thinking of yours. Um, all right, so honorable mention uh, is just going to have to be peanut butter cookie, like in general, peanut butter cookie. Mm -hmm. um, man, I'm deciding if I want to flip. One, two, and three are so close. Oh, all right, three has got to be sugar cookie just you know like christmas cookies or but i also really like hard frosting on sugar cookies like i mean yeah, like, like the royal the, royal icing oh yeah for sure um two has got to be chocolate chip um like anything chocolate chip and i'm down for like it can be like bagels it can be pancakes it can be um muffins anything um so chocolate chip is number two, and that was a really tight one with my number one. Like I was, I was almost gonna switch two and one, but one has gotta be oatmeal raisin for me. Like I can down, and that is the most probably you're gonna hate it or you're gonna love it. It's like candy corn, and I am so down for oatmeal raisin cookies. I love those motherfuckers. What do you mm, think, Tony? My one, my one word. Um, almost. 
almost it's I the oatmeal almost, isn't it almost yeah i it's i almost completely agreed with you up until that <laughs> up until i jumped on the oatmeal i just can't it. like I, I i honestly don't mind raisins but i just think them in a cookie just, just doesn't work i just think in any dessert like i don't know i just think it's unnecessary i can vibe with that i can i can understand that because it's like that's the same thing as you know people who put certain stuff in uh i don't know like some people will do like bananas in uh certain stuff i'm just like i don't, I don't know if i want bananas in that that sort of thing yeah. but i'm a big raisin uh raisin cookie guy dude we got a lot you like to talk uh, about so today. you like those oatmeal cream pies then you ever had those? oh yeah oh yeah dude i used to yeah, I like uh, those my buddy like his family would always have those when i'd go over to his house when i was like 10 and uh I would eat like four of them every time I was over there. Have you ever heard of Tasty Cakes? Mm-mm. So my best friend growing up was, he was literally my neighbor my whole life. And uh, like even when I was moving, like I would move, I moved twice and he was like, they moved as well. It was just a coincidence right next to us. So he was, <laughs> he was just my best friend growing up and his dad worked for tasty cake which is like a it's like little debbie it's basically the same thing but they make like donuts pastries and all that and he would drive the truck around that would like you know deliver these pastries to these stores oh and he, my goodness. he always had them they were oh always in the truck goodness. i probably stole thousands and thousands of dollars of of tasty cakes oh my gosh because i it, we just go in and take whatever and the company's like, I don't know why this one store is losing. <laughs> this <laughs> one store. No, I, I can't seem to figure out why there's no Boston cream pie. <laughs> We're going bankrupt after this yeah. one store lost 8,000 Boston cream pies this, this quarter. Dude, that's, that's so funny. funny. Oh, man, dude. We got uh, CPI and FOMC next week. That is probably going to be the biggest week we've ever seen on SPY. In our trading lifetimes, like obviously we've had big times and stuff and like, uh, you know, spy top was crazy, but I feel like next week is just shaping up to be like make or break. Like, I feel like we're, we're going to send us on either like a, a death sprint to the upside to end the year, or we're just going to proceed to make new lows and die by the end of the year, depending on how next week goes. Um, do you have any strong opinions before we get into like the deep, uh, analysis of CPI? And, and FOMC? Um, not necessarily any strong opinions, but I do think that um, at this point, I don't see a reason for the number to be, to, for it to be like an adverse number that's not expected. Yeah. Um, so if it does come in around the forecast or under what's expected i think we run um which is what normally happens um i'll have to go back and look at the exact day um of the last fomc and cpi days just to kind of um see how the last few have moved but i i, I do <clears throat> I do actually plan on um, probably overnighting some calls um, 
or CPI due to the fact that it is in the morning during pre-market. Yeah. Um, but I, if I remember correctly, last time we kind of dipped and then ran pretty hard. Um, I think we filled the gap pre-market and then ran pretty hard throughout the rest of the day. I could be, I could be wrong, but I think that was our last CPI day. Um, so not really any strong opinions, but I do think, um, you know, I don't see a reason why the numbers would come in. Yeah, there'd be any, you know, ad adverse numbers or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I think uh, I'm really going to be confused on like the market reaction because the last few economic events we've had have not moved like how you would expect uh, based on like what Powell said. Like he didn't really say anything overly bullish. He kind of honestly was a bit like in the middle uh, yeah. and skyrocketed last time around. So I'm going to be interested to see what happens uh, when, you know, we, we get these concrete numbers out because he's been talking a lot about um inflation continuing to decrease like the last when he spoke he talked tons about you know inflation starting to move to the downside uh which we've seen inflation has uh has declined a few months now but we haven't seen it decline enough for them to feel comfortable yet uh as the fed and we've also seen powell speaking about um a possible decrease in in rate hikes which i don't mean they're not going to hike i mean instead of a 0.75 rate hike it could be a 0.5 rate hike um which I think would personally, I wish they would just do the do another 0.75 uh, rate hike because I feel like that would help us with inflation a bit faster. Because right now we're moving, but we're moving very slowly uh, against inflation. So I just I would I would feel comfortable with them doing like maybe like one more um, of the of the higher rate hike and then decreasing it. So December FOMC is going to be huge for me personally from a fundamental perspective. Uh, based on like how fast I'm going to feel comfortable deploying deploying cash and when I'm going to feel like maybe is market bottom. But CPI, uh, personally, I'm worried that CPI is going to come in at, you know, right on per like what we expect and the market is still going to tank. That's kind of my, my own worry. Um, just based on how the market's been reacting this week, um, it feels like the bears have like their dicks on the table this week and they're just showing us, you know, um, we're unwilling to let the bulls have any room to even move this week. If you guys have been like trading this price action, you've been seeing like every single top has just been getting hammered to the downside. We've been seeing like the, the steps up elevator down over and over and over and over this week. Um, and I have no idea if that's gonna, gonna cease into next week before, um, CPI on Tuesday morning. Uh, and then FOMC, I believe is Wednesday. I'm not sure if that's going to, you know, just slow down here. Maybe we get some end of week bullish moves. But for me, that's kind of making me a bit scared that we're going to see CPI end with uh, end with the knife of all knives rather than, you know, how we saw the J-Pow speech last week or two weeks ago uh, run the market up. I'm a bit worried that we're going to see just absolute red fucking, you know, show stopping candles. Um, I'm trying to find the exact numbers for expectations, and I have I do have some information here. It says that since you know June of this year, um, when CPI was 9.1 percent, we we have decreased all the way to 7.7 percent. So uh, we're seeing some decent moves on on inflation. What do you what do you think of that, Tony? Like just seeing it kind of beginning to top now, because a lot of people think that marks possibly the bottom of the market. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I see. I, I, people have been saying that for months now. Um, 
you know, when the number pivoted and, you know, people thought that the bottom was in. And I know we talked about last week, um, I guess this kind of segues into um, what we talked about last week with SPY in terms of, I'm pretty positive you talked about that that short position you were in oh yeah um we're gonna talk about I, that don't you guys don't you guys yeah uh... and i know we <laughs> <laughs> i know we talked about that it was a good opportunity at that current moment in time which was last wednesday um that it was a good opportunity to probably go short just in terms of where we were currently at um on spy um right at that weekly and daily trend line and you can see we've since dropped um you know almost 20 points or so around 20 points from the day we did the podcast to the the low from i believe yesterday um but people keep saying going back to your question people keep you know thinking the bottoms in and if we're strictly looking at the chart, I I would not agree, especially after the rejection we've seen at that trend line. Um, and we're now back under the daily 200s. Yeah. Um, we also have potential for a cross to the downside. Um, I will say, though, FOMC and CPI are going to be, you know, whatever happens chart-wise, um, you know, say we rip and we rip right through that trend line i can see a scenario where all of the sudden you know bulls take control of spy if the chart gets blown up um so and if your thesis is comes to fruition where you think we're gonna knife well that knife will probably be you know correlated with that that cross on the daily yeah um and looking at the weekly, I mean, <clears throat> those are the two longer time frames I prefer to look at. Um, if we're looking at the weekly, anybody that's listening, there is a ton of room on the SPY weekly all the way down to 370. 370 is where the weekly 200 EMA sits. Um, and there's also a weekly demand zone there. So there really is a, a ton of downside potential. Mm -hmm. um, I know I said earlier about swaying calls into CPI. Obviously, you know, I need to go back and look and see, um, you know, how how those CPI days uh, reacted during pre-market and then into the open. Um, but if, like Ted was saying, we do knife, there is a ton of downside potential. Um, so <clears throat> I would, I would probably be cautious, um, if you're looking to potentially go long, um, cause you know, we do have a ton of, of room on the, to the downside, but those two events are really going to, you know, determine which direction we're headed in because we had a significant rejection off that trend line. And if we do knife, you know, uh, there's scenarios where we could make a new low um, and test that low from the beginning of October. So, um, but that's just kind of what I'm seeing with those time frames. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, I think um, these these charts. I'll I'll do a little bit of charting here in a minute that'll kind of solidify my viewpoint on this. 
But uh, the big thing for me about the the numbers, the CPI and FOMC, so I feel like just I'm going to explain this to the, the viewers, the watchers. Um, the Watcher, by the way, dude, that show ended terribly. I don't know why I just thought oh, I of that. That show ended fucking yeah. horribly. They ruined that so bad. Um, That's that. Yeah, the writer for that show, all his shows end like that. American Horror Story writer. Isn't that the same yep. person? Um, yep. But, okay, regardless, uh, so so CPI is going to be the consumer price index, um, and it's it's different number than inflation. So inflation is the number that has been, been decreasing. Um, in November, you know, CPI, uh, I believe, I'm looking at this right now, um, CPI came in 0.4% higher in November month over month. Uh, which is which is pretty nice for for normal CPI. We've been seeing you know pretty big increases over the past uh, you know yearish since since COVID and since we doled out all that money. Um, but inflation right now uh, after after October is sitting below eight percent, right about seven point seven percent, and uh, we need that to be around two percent uh, is the Fed's goal. So if you guys can just tell where we're where we're at on this battle. Um, we're in a pretty pretty precarious position when you're at 7.7% and you need the number to be all the way down at 2%. Like that's basically like we've begun. We just are not even close to finishing. Um so for me personally, I think uh there's going to be some pain for spy. I'm in those puts and we can talk about the exact movement of those puts. Uh let's go to the daily quick here. So those puts um we talked about Wednesday night. So Let's go find Wednesday. Wednesday night. So it was after this market closed on this green candle here. Uh, we talked about those puts. And so you could have bought them at open on Thursday or any time during Thursday, the day of. Uh, and they've moved well over um, 100% since then. And uh, we talked about it because of the fact that there was this. Let me draw this trend line in here quickly. Um, there was this trend line here on the daily. Uh, and I've been posting this on Twitter, by the way, in case anyone is interested in just looking at this trend line. But this trend line on the daily has been intact since. Well, I mean, this is the first. The the reversal was on in January of 2022, um, but we touched it again in in March, touched it a third time in August, and we're touching it again. And so when I when I mentioned that trend line last week on Wednesday, um, I was kind of thinking more so we would just see a con like a little bit of consolidation and then uh, a dump after the fact, but it almost dumped immediately. Like it, uh, it died pretty, pretty quickly. The day after uh, the podcast, there was, it was a red candle. Wasn't the biggest red candle the day after that. It was a bit green, which was Friday. And then since then it has just been death. There've been two candles. Um, let me see how big this one is. This one was 404 to 399. And this one was 399 all the way to 394. So two pretty large candles. Today was uh, also, you know, a bit of a, a hammer candle um, to the downside, which is not too bad for for bears. But personally, uh, I think this is this is kind of people. You can kind of take these technicals and add them to the the fact that we have CPI and FOMC next week, and there's no real, um, I guess, validity in you know you know having the two on the same playing field. But it can give you clues, and for me, it's giving me clues that people are selling into CPI and FOMC. And usually the people who have enough money to impact the market know a little something more than we do as retail traders. Uh, so for me, 
the fact that they're selling into CPI and FOMC plus this trend line plus inflation is still 7% and higher, uh, which is where we want it to be too. It's kind of just leading me to believe that there's going to be some downside come come CPI and FOMC. CPI might come in nicer than, than expected and we could have a nice day on Tuesday, but I think CPI might create uh, some downside or FOMC the day after CPI could create some downside uh, you know, in a pretty nasty area for the, the end of the year. It's kind of my opinion yeah. on uh, this daily here. What do you think, uh, Tony, about um, you know this 200 MA here above above SPY on the daily? It's sitting like, where is it sitting at right now? 403-ish. And it's been a pretty big spot since uh, we've been in this bear market. It hasn't really, like SPY hasn't been able to get above it and uh, and hold above it. Do you think that could be like a place to average in going forward if you're taking puts? Yeah, um, I actually talked about that in one of the lessons I did last week. Um, if you look at the 21st of April and then the 16th of August, um, those were the last two times we tested that 200 MA. Um, that first rejection was almost 100 points. Um, and the second rejection was... Um, again, almost a hundred points. So <clears throat> I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that this, this rejection here is going to be a hundred points again, but, um, both of those rejections pushed the daily into a triple cross to the downside, yeah. um, which we're currently set up, um, at the moment. So I'm not saying, you know, by any means that we are going to drop 100 points again but um to answer your question yeah that was uh, an extremely key area um to potentially go short we did close above it at least on my chart on the 30th um but we're unable to you know hold above that um and have since dropped quite a bit um I think it would be a little bit different if we didn't have those two events next week. Um, you know, it, it still would be a good potential short area. Um, but if you do believe that we are going to <clears throat> continue to the downside off those events, then yes, I still think this is a good, a good area to go short. Um, but, you know, who knows what happens next week. The, those events could blow the chart up in either direction. So... Um, but, but so far, yeah, that was a really good area to, to go short off of. Yeah. We have a question. Um, Mick Schmegma asks us, what's your upside? Uh, and I mean, personally for me, um, I think the upside was kind of defined by the Powell pump that we saw last Wednesday. Um, I think if, if, you know, CPI comes in nice and, uh, FOMC and they 50, they 50, uh, point rate hike instead of 75 point rate hike. Um, and the market likes that. So there's so many, I feel like we need to pause and talk about this too. There's so many, uh, layers to this whole CPI FOMC thing where there's market reaction. There's the actual numbers. Um, there's, you know, buyer seller equality based on like weight of each of them, like which one has more power right now. Um, there's, you know, technical levels with volume above and below. There's just so much shit. It's almost like you need to treat it as, essentially just a lotto play going into it because it's like if you were to have options but there were 50 things outside of the greeks you needed to know 
it's almost like everything is working against you. There's going to be time crunch. If you win, you're going to win big. But um, it feels like there's just so many extra layers that you have to know exactly what you're talking about and have them analyzed to like the nth degree to figure out, you know, what's going to happen. But um, that's just that's kind of just like my my basic in summary. It's very risky. So be careful, guys. I don't know why I went onto a tangent there, but just be careful, guys. Like, don't don't go into this with too much of your account resting on whatever you're going to be, you know, calls, puts, whatever sentiment you're feeling. Go into it with a small position size. Uh, and feel comfortable losing it all is essentially what I want to be saying here. Um, but going back to Mick Schmegma, which, by the way, is a pretty funny name, um, your your question, what's the upside? I think the upside is essentially this previous tops, like 410. Um, if CPI and FOMC go well, by the end of the year, uh, I could see like a 420 touch, a 420, a 425-ish area um, by end of year. But I think the downside uh, by end of year could be new low. I feel like this could definitely crack 350 and, you know, see something big, which that's a pretty bold statement since we're only, uh, you know, three weeks away from the end of the year. But I think FOMC and CPI, uh, the upside is uh, is 410 for those, that basic two-day, um, you know, stint. What are you thinking, Tony, for upside if, if both of these go well and or if the market reacts well? Um, the two targets I currently have are 411.65 and then above that 419.75. Um, and then my highest targets like 431.8. Um, so those are the three <clears throat> kind of key levels I have. Another level to pay attention to if we do, you know, for whatever reason, rip after those events. Um, I would pay attention to the weekly 50. My my weekly 50 currently sits at 41087. Um, so I would pay attention to that. I'd also pay attention to the daily levels because, um, you know, that's something that I shouldn't say most, but a lot of people are watching. So, for example, if we rip up into the daily 200 EMA or MA, that could be a potential area that people try to take that short then. Um, you know, whether it's a, a short-lived move or it's an actual rejection. Um, so, you know, I would make sure to pay attention to the daily 200s, the weekly 50, and then those other three levels that I mentioned. Um, that's kind of currently what I'm seeing. Yeah, I honestly agree 110%. Um, I think uh, I think we're going to talk about, I have like a, an earnings report lotto for people here in here in a few minutes but until then i feel like we should just kick the shit for a minute um how are you feeling about uh just like trading lately have you been feeling like you know burnt out um feeling like the market's tough like how are you feeling overall with with the whole trading job um hmm i don't know if i don't know if burnt out is the word but i don't know i've always been um you know, since I can remember, I, I've always been uh, kind of the person that always like wants to do something new, yeah. um, and or like teach myself something new. Like before I was doing this, I um, was running my photography business full time and going to school. Um, you know, before that, I was <clears throat> doing videography. Um, so there's always like, I've always like been super interested in 
and doing new things. Um, in terms of trading, I mean, so, sometimes it's it's extremely stressful. Um, there's always days where I'm like, you know, I just want to open my own, you know, my own bakery or my own restaurant or st something like that that I'm passionate about. Because um, most of you guys know that I, I do enjoy cooking. Um, but in terms of like teaching people, um, that's always something I'm, I'm interested in. And that's always something I really enjoy doing. And that's why I know we had, you know, we're, we're working on that, that project that we talked a little bit about last week. Because um, I feel like that's something new and something that interests me. Um, but in terms of trading, yeah, I mean, I told, we've, we've talked about this before where it's like people glorify trading full time when, you know, it should more, more be like, well, you know, if I do have a job that allows me to trade, why not do both? Um,
I don't know, it used to be like go and just like play golf by myself when I was golfing this summer. Since I like just started golfing, I would just go golf and be by myself yeah. on the golf course. Um, this fall, it was just like I would when those when I was feeling that come on, I would like just go sit in the the deer stand. I would just go um, hunting like a month or two ago. Um, now it's like it's fucking cold outside and like I don't know what I want to do, but I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out something because this market is not for um you know trading when you're not feeling like trading and there's definitely been days where like my mindset has just not been in the right place and i've been in a a weird spot where everything feels you know like anger provoking like all the the positions i'll just be like mad at spy i'll just be like why aren't you doing what i know you should do and in my head i get super angry about it and uh like those are the days where i just have to step back but for the most part um i feel fine about it it's just those like isolated moments where they're just like, damn, I need to be doing more. Uh, but dude, I'm excited yeah. for us to start this, uh, the the aftermarket, because I feel like that'll be a good like time. If I'm feeling like I don't want to trade for the day, I can just go make an educational video and, and you know, go make something, you know, because I love making videos if they're educational or not. Like I just push out videos on YouTube uh, a couple times a week just because they're fun to do. And so I feel like when we do this, it'll give me something else to do outside of trading so if i'm feeling like ah damn i don't want to be trading today i can just go make a video and then i don't have to worry about trading which will be super fun and cool yeah that's all it's the weird like dynamic too which this is something i always think about like um so me and you have been like involved or running discords now for like four years three Mm -hmm. or four years almost um and it's one of those things too like you know I always feel, I almost feel guilty when I'm not at my setup or I'm not in Discord when in actuality the reason that I wanted to trade full-time was so I have the freedom to do what I want. Mm -hmm. And it's just that weird, like, people think, like, people see certain Discords, and I know I'm just speaking for myself, like, I don't make any money from my discord. Um, you know, so people think, Oh, well, you know, what is there to complain about? You're making money through discord. This, that, like, no, I'm not, I'm, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I just enjoy being with the people in the discord. I enjoy helping people. I know you're the same way. I know that's the reason we wanted to start something that was completely education-based, where we can still have our discords now, but also have an have a place where, you know, a catalog, so to speak, where it's all this, it's this centralized area for all this information. Um, because yes, there is YouTube, and there's you know places you can go and educate yourself. Um, YouTube is much different than having a place where you can communicate with somebody as well or multiple people or watch a live session and have your question answered. You know, you see, I, I know when I was trying to educate myself, I had so many questions, like it was unbelievable. And I would watch something, I'd have a question on that and then if i wanted that question answered i'd literally have to go into youtube and type my question out in terms of okay maybe there's a video that answers this question and then you know it's a snowball effect of you always have a new question to ask because there is so much material when it comes to the Mm -hmm. market um so that's why i think what we're doing is going to be very beneficial i hope i think it is so 
Um, yeah, I agree, man. Um, one thing, dude, I can add to that. Like, I can, I can feel the exact same way about, you know, questions in, like, the beginning of learning. I was, when I first started trading, like, I was Googling everything, and I came across, I didn't know what someone, there was some, uh, like, I read on, like, about a, a famous hedge fund manager, I don't remember the name, and he said, like, you need to use the daily chart. And so I Google what's a daily chart, and Investopedia or Invest, Investpedia, whatever it is, said that a daily chart is when the entire chart is one day, is like the entirety of one day. So I was convinced that a daily chart meant that I was looking at one day on a chart. And at that point, I was using like a line chart. So I would just go to the chart from one day and like not see anything. And I'd be like, this is how this guy trades. He's so smart. I, I must just not be figuring it out. When in reality, I just wasn't understanding what the fuck they were saying. Like what they were saying was, yeah. is use the chart that has each candle as a day and you can interpret it that way because then you can look at, if you wanted to look at, you know, a year of, of just those one day candles, you could do that. Or you could look at like two months and you can look at it any way you want, which I wish I would have known at the time, but, uh, you know. I figured it out eventually, I guess, but we're just wanting to, to expedite that process for people. I feel like I can give them, um, you know, people who know what they're talking about and people who are willing to spend time, you know, making videos, putting out videos, giving you guys a syllabus, testing you guys on all that kind of stuff. Um, basically just like a college class or a class uh, where you have a professor telling you this is the information you should know. Let's find out if you actually know it. And uh, also letting you kind of grow yep. into your own own type of trader, though. So I'm super excited about it. Uh, we're working on branding and stuff right now. Um, we're gonna work on Discord and website throughout the rest of the throughout the rest of the month, and hopefully get it running January first, uh, 2023. That'll be a big it'll be a big accomplishment for us if we can actually get that thing running in the amount of time that we have. I think we can yeah, do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think we have basically everything figured out that we need to have figured out for the time being. Obviously, this kind of like, you know, a, a website or a Discord is kind of like trial and error um, where you kind of figure it out as you go. Um, but, you know, it, al it always made sense for me and you to like be together. Yeah. Um, we were in, you know, a couple other Discords together prior. Um and then kind of start to do our own thing and then you know it it just makes sense because there's information you know that i know nothing about um so and there's stuff i know that you might not know so i think being able to work together um is you know the 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 right way to go about it i agree bro i definitely agree um there was one thing uh that was on my mind that's completely not stock related um the vikings uh we can talk about the vikings all we dude, they're getting talk so about. much i see them get so much shit i don't understand why they get so much shit dude they've beaten like three good teams in the past they also lost to like the two best nfc teams by a large margin yeah. but like we're we're like making things happen in the fourth quarter against good teams I'm just happy they're good. Like they've been, they've been so mediocre for my entire life that like if they can just you know make a, a decent win two playoff games, I'll be fucking happy. Like win two playoff games and I'll just be completely mind blown and happy with the Vikings this year. Sorry I that think you have to because, watch Najee Harris though. I think it's because uh, um, 
because of Kirk, honestly. I think that's the whole reason that people still say they're not for real or, or you know, they get, um, you know, looked over. Um, but they have some really good wins this year. They have that one really bad loss. Who did they lose to? The, the Cowboys by like Cowboys. 40 points or something. Yeah, but the Cowboys are good. Yeah, um, Cowboys are super good. Dude, you know what the craziest thing is? I, I'm, I'm about to sound like Dustin. There's actually a scenario where the Steelers can still make the playoffs. Oh, Lord. Which this is, they do this every year. Watch, they're going to finish, they're going to finish 500. They're going to get a f- awful draft pick. <laughs> and, and not do anything with their season, the bro. It's going to be the same thing that it's been the last 10 years. That's the worst, bro. That it's is the, the worst. They've done this. They've done this for the last ten years. That's uh, that's what the Vikings have done for a long time too. Is is like either make the wild card, or like yep. come second in our division, and have like a like a fucking seven and eight record, like you or can, whatever it is. Seven you can and nine. tell. Yeah, you can you can point out the teams that have a chance of winning the Super Bowl. Like you can tell. Like there's a handful of teams that can win it. Like, and you know, you know, other than that, there's, you know, it's a long shot. So. We, we got a question in the chat here. Um, what did they say? It was, it was Barry who said, do both of you feel like scalping the market is the only strategy to use or if swinging options or shorting stocks have potential if we do reach a long-term bearish market? Um, I can start with my answer for this one. I think that there are definite, uh, you know, other options that we can we can exercise like the the things that you you mentioned are actually perfect. So, you know, swinging puts would be a great a great example of a way to take advantage of a bearish market. The issue is um, we just don't know how long this bear market is going to last, and we do not want to be on the side of of the reversal. Um, we do not want to be on the side of uh, you know if if CPI goes well and FOMC goes well, and this is the market bottom. Like we do not want to be on the wrong side of that. So there's just got to be like you have to tread lightly when it comes to, um, you know, what what sort of uh, stuff you're going to be taking. And also, you know, shorting for swing swing trading short positions is not really my thing due to, uh, you know, costs and all that sort of stuff that comes with, you know, a brokerage. Um, but I do think that the puts is, is a decent uh, opportunity. But um, for me, scalping has been the most, you know, easy way to make money in this market. And I would probably recommend that to most people. Um, But the longer term puts, like that's something I'm experimenting right now uh, with because I've just been, you know, getting my feet under me for this bear market. But if it works out and I like it, then I will definitely, you know, continue it going forward. What do you think, Tony? I think the one benefit of you know swinging a position if you're obviously which i hope everybody would be would be looking at it technically um and this goes back to that trend line we talked about last week so for example like if you're taking a technical entry like that you see something that's so close to such a key area and you're like you know okay i'm putting money that it's going to reject this um and i do want to swing something for example those puts you took that expire next month yeah you know that's a great entry if it breaks above and confirms above you exit for a small loss um if it does what it's what it did 
you either completely get out of it and look to re-enter or, you know, for example, like Barry asked, if he thinks this bear market's going to continue and last, last a while longer and you want to hold on to that, okay, then you scale and maybe you let some of that or a small portion of that position ride. By taking such a good entry or, or a technical entry, if it just breaks above or below where you thought it was going to go, you you exit that mm -hmm. um, for a for a minimal loss. Yeah. Um. It 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 gets tricky when you're when you're trying to either one buy in the middle of nowhere or two predict how long a market like this is going to last because at the end of the day nobody knows. Um. So if you're looking at it, you're like, oh well, I think you know we're gonna make a move all the way down towards 350 again um and that doesn't happen you kind of have to swallow your pride and be like okay maybe it's time to get to to offload this mm -hmm. um but i think that's the benefit of of swinging options yeah i mean i definitely agree i think i'm learning a lot about swinging options right now just based on being in this position uh, i've swung options before but never anything like this uh, i do have another another position that i want to talk about i don't have a position yet um, because last video, um, if we want full transparency, uh, I was already down like, I don't remember if it was 30% or 20% going into the position that I shared with you guys. It might have even been more. It might have been 40 or something. I don't remember how much I was down, but I was down a hefty position or portion um, going into that video with you guys. So I'm like just green on those puts when you guys would have been up like a massive amount, 100%, something crazy like that. Um, I'm just green on those, but this time I've been smart. And I'm, uh, I haven't bought in yet. But what I'm looking at, I mentioned it on, uh, if you guys watch the, the buy and hold videos I put out on YouTube where it's like long-term investment opportunities. Last week I did like AMD versus NVIDIA. And this week I did, uh, I did cost, which is Costco. And if you guys watched that, you heard me mention that Costco really looks, really looks good to the downside. And I'm actually going to pull up the chart. Uh, and you can, you can check it out with me, Tony. Um, and let me know your opinion on this. So I have the Costco, uh, let me get up the weekly here. So this is the Costco weekly. Um, and what I mentioned on the the video that I made was, I don't know why this is blue all of a sudden. I never made that blue. Um, let's make it a bit bigger here. So this is the, this is the pennant that I was talking about, about um, in my video on Costco, is there's those, those three taps on the upside. And then there are these uh, this two already formed taps on the downside, creating a pennant. Uh, and we're heading into earnings, which is actually tomorrow after hours. And so I, I promised on Twitter that I'd give a, an earnings um, lotto play going into um, an earnings report. And this is tomorrow. So this is a, a very clear, if you're watching this video, you're going to get a, uh, an earnings play. And it's actually tomorrow. So if you're watching this, you're, get, you're getting one for tomorrow specifically. And it's at 480. Um, and I mentioned in that video that there's been a trend of Costco missing earnings reports in either quarter three or quarter four for two, um, no, 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 three, and and a fourth uh, where they they missed, but the the market reaction was not what we expected. So back in uh, I don't remember when that was, but four years running, there is um, there is a Costco earnings miss 
uh, in quarter three or quarter four. So I'll be playing both of these. So you're getting either a dub tomorrow or you're getting a dub quarter four. Mark my words on that. Actually, don't mark my words on that. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I've been wrong before. You guys know the deal. But um, for the most part, uh, uh, Costco, quarter three or quarter four, earnings report miss. That is what I'm going to be taking. And tomorrow, um, I'm actually looking at, I'm going to buy these literally right before close. So within five or 10 minutes before the bell, I'm going to be buying probably December 9th, um, 460 or 450 puts. Uh, the 450 puts right now at close today are $1.29. The 460 puts are $2.80. Uh, and I'm going to buy them tomorrow, five minutes before close and uh, ride those out. And then if I completely lose all my money on this one, then I'm going to be buying them quarter four. And these are both lotto positions. So you guys know the deal with lotto positions, only trade with money you're willing to use. So what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to use half of my profit from the week. So the last three days, uh, however much I've profited, I'm going to use half of that, use that for my position on, on Costco. And I'm either going to lose half of my profit for the week, which is just fine, um, because I will have another day to, you know, recoup or do whatever. Uh, I'll either lose half of it or I will exponentially grow my profit for the week. That's kind of how I do these things. Um, another thing I want to say is, uh, Tony and I appreciate all of you guys tuning into these videos. Uh, drop a like on the, on the video, um, and subscribe to the channel. You guys know it, it helps us out a lot. And, you know, you guys liking the video just shows us how many of you guys appreciate what we're doing. Um, but Tony, I want to know, oh, I forgot something very, 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 very important to my Costco play. Um, there's this volume gap below. If, you get, if you're looking at my screen here, you can see from right below about 450 to, 4, uh, to 390, there's a massive volume gap. And that was what I mentioned for like the long-term prospect of, of Costco. Um, but if this gets into that gap, which I mean, that's only a 10% move on Costco. It's actually less. It's like an 8% move on Costco. Then they could be, there could be massive downside, um, you know, moving forward. Now I'm going to pass it off to you, Tony. How are you feeling? What do you think about this Costco play that I'm, that I'm mentioning just based on, you know, this chart? Cause I know that you haven't done a lot of, you know, fundamental research on Costco. Um, yeah, looking at, so I'm on the weekly, <clears throat> There is a ton of room to basically almost exactly 400. My f weekly 200 EMA is right at that 400 level. Um, and if it breaks that big wedge or pennant, whatever you want to call it, yeah. um, there's a ton of downside potential. So if I know nothing about this, um, if I don't, if I know there's no earnings or I don't know, you know, any of the fundamentals, I like this a lot um, on the break. So, you know, like you said, if they're, <clears throat> if you're playing this into earnings and you bet it's going to, you know, break through the bottom of that formation, there's, there's a ton of room to the downside. So um, I like that a lot. Something I like is Amazon. Um, I've been playing Amazon the last few weeks and, I am waiting for a break on 85.85 um, for Amazon. There is a ton of downside potential for Amazon um, that you know hasn't been this low since two three years ago. Um, so Amazon is something that I'm paying a lot of paying a lot of attention to. 
Dude, I'm seeing the exact same thing you are, but I'm also seeing the the 200 and the 50 cross to the downside on Amazon um, yeah, on the, the weekly. weekly. That is yeah. like, that is just death mm-hmm. waiting to happen. I mean, and you can A also- mega death cross. Yeah, bro. That is like crazy. And then you can see the volume drops off below like 87 um, and then again below 80. Like that thing has some big time downside. If it gets below 80 thing, dude, that is like- that this is, is going to yeah, see like fucking like 50, it feels like, just based on This is on my top volume. long-term ad. Yeah. Oh, dude, I should do a video on it. I should do a you video on do. it. Have you seen you any of my buy and hold videos? Yeah. Yeah, bro, I was I was, uh, I was looking Anthony for Anthony and I were talking about AM, the AMD and, and video one. Yeah, bro, that one, I actually enjoyed doing that one. I liked the Costco one a lot too, but uh, – I should do Amazon next week. I haven't even – I completely forgot that Amazon exists. You really should actually. Even yeah. though I order like four Amazon things a week. Dude, Amazon Prime's the best. How many I ordered... things do you order a week, bro? I order way too many. Dude, you want to hear something funny? I think it was Anthony. He was in – I'm pretty sure it was Anthony. He was in Discord with me and uh, I was um, looking – so I needed – you know what deli containers are? Yeah, mm-hmm. Barry definitely knows. So i <laughs> i need I needed um, deli containers, and I'm looking at the website, and it was it was very vague. Like it was, there was some deal going on, but it didn't say how many deli containers were in each pack. So I'm like, oh, I I need like you know fifty of them. So I have for a while because I. Like, you use them to, like, pickle stuff, you know, brine stuff, yeah. put soup in, sauce, etc. And I'm like, well, I'm going to order three packs because I think, I thought that it was, like, they were 12 packs. Dude, I get this package. It's three 240 packs. Oh, my gosh, bro. How it big was, were yeah. they? How big were like they're how, like, like how big were the they're boxes like this big? Oh, okay, oh, it was, so gi- not too big. It was gigantic. Oh, no, the box God. was. Oh my! Gosh, I still have bro. the box, but they were yeah, they're like this big each one of them. So I have, what's the math? Seven hundred and twenty deli containers. I think what uh what that means is that you're going to uh, have to make some stuff, put them in deli containers, and uh, send them to me via box. <laughs> I've heard all about Tony's I can do special that. sauce, dude. What's it called? Oh, you had a specific sauce? name for it. Tony's Tony's something sauce or Tony's, I don't know what it was. You said something about special sauce and then there was like a picture of you with a bunch of herbs on some tomato sauce. I don't know I don't, it looked I don't know. I don't remember. Was it my, oh, it was, um, no, that was, uh, I was making chicken stock. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that looks super chicken. good. I, I, all I know is, is that I order like ninety percent of the things I use on a daily basis from Amazon. Like everything on this table is from Amazon. I think I'm looking around. Um, this bourbon, not from Amazon, but other than that, like microphone, Amazon, computer, Amazon, computer, Amazon, computer, Amazon, my phone case, Amazon, the mouse, Amazon, yeah. everything, Amazon. Like I could live off Amazon if I wanted to. To be honest, I could probably get food on Amazon if I wanted to. They'd probably have, like, grocery packs on there nowadays. I know that they had – oh, I'm reading chat. Jackson, I love you too. Um, I hope you're doing good. <clears throat> um, 
but uh, I know they had there was some news Amazon had. It was a couple weeks ago. I can't remember. Somebody in chat might know. Um, something about laying off a certain percentage of workers or something. Oh yeah, there's been a lot of layoff news lately. Uh, yeah. So, but like outside of that and their earnings, I just you know I think it's in it. It's at an extreme discount, and if it breaks that level, um, you know who knows where it ends up. I mean, dude, look at this daily. Like, I'm just going to draw this one line on this daily, and it's almost, like, clear as day that this is so bearish. Like, you just draw this one line, and you can see such heavy support yeah. at $102, you know, bounces off of it, breaks it below, and then comes up, retests it, and just gets stuffed like nobody's business. That's just so clear, bearish. Like, I don't, I don't even know what else you can tell people. Like, that is just the most bearish thing you'll see in a while. That's the most yeah, typical I, setup that I trade on a daily basis is um, a support or resistance, and then it breaks through, retests, and then you just you just know once it's at a position like this, you know that that thing is legging down. Like it's almost it's not guaranteed. I don't want to say that, but that's like such a high clip setup that I trade so often. Uh, another one that like I know me and you talk about a lot is um, that I try to watch. Um, every day is Ford. Oh, um, I love myself a, some Ford. If you look at the daily, um, they have a pretty clear cross to the downside. Um, that is also on a retest of a zone. So um, it's had a ton of trouble since the beginning of November with the 200. Um and has since set up in a pretty perfect cross so that's always one i'd like to watch in terms of like long-term ads um i don't play it regularly yeah um but it is it is a good one for people with smaller accounts it's a slower mover but that's kind of plays to your advantage i think if you have a smaller um, account it definitely does yeah so ford's always one that i i recommend for for people to watch dude um I think this will be one that when this goes below 1150, because if the market acts how I want it to act, um, I'm going to talk a quick, quick little point about SPY here in a minute. Okay, first thing first in the chat, guys, if you want any charts, if you want any questions, like any last Q&A stuff, uh, we're going to be wrapping it up here in the next like 10, 15 minutes. Um, we got some important stuff to say left, but if there's anything you guys want to, uh, you know, Tony and I to talk about, it can be literally anything. I remember on our first, this is the thing that I remember, our debut halt episode, we talked about what kind of way people wipe their butts. Um, so if you have any fucking questions like that, like anything along the yeah, lines. Yeah, you're the one that doesn't use wipes. I don't use wipes, dude. I fold that paper so nicely, though. I don't know how people but use wipes you and then don't the wipe logic. their butt afterwards. Like you have to wipe it with like something no. dry afterwards. You're just having wipes. a squeaky ass. You're giving yourself swamp ass. No, you're not though. They're not like like wipes aren't like soaking wet. They're damp. That's for certain. Yeah, but like that's the point. Like they're yeah, used for, see, for babies okay. that have like explosive shit everywhere. Like that's the whole point. <laughs> I see the point of like the dampness to and them. And also, but it but but like just being real like it it feels better. When you get out of the shower, like, do toilet you wipe papers your butt? what do you wipe your butt when you get out of the shower <laughs> no 
<laughs> Who does that? <laughs> I do, bro. And I've talked to a couple people that are like a couple other dudes, and they're like, if my butt is wet, I'll wipe my butt when I get out of the shower. And I honestly agree. And I started doing that and I do that now. But like, that's how I feel when I like use a wipe. Cause I, my, my parents at their house have like, like these like wipe things that are, have basically like those moist wipes on the back of every toilet. And I used one like a, a couple months ago. And I was thinking about that podcast moment. And I was like, damn, this is nice. And then I got up and my butthole was still wet. Like TMI, I know, but like it was still wet in there and I felt a bit uncomfortable. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think more people use wipes than don't. Probably, to be honest. I'm, I'll am i be honest. I'm probably the weird one here. Like, I probably, there's probably a lot of, everyone in here is like, what the fuck is Teddy talking about? Like, wipes are great. I just like, I have to wipe with the dry after the normal, like the, the wet wipe, the damp wipe. What were we even talking yep. about? I don't know, but I have, I have a question. You ever have a Yule log? Yes. Yes, bro. Like a Christmas one? Yeah. Yeah, bro. I have an actual crazy story about that. Um, I can't believe you just said that, if I'm being 100% honest. Um, we had, I hope, oh, man. I hope my Aunt Sherry is not watching this. Aunt Sherry, if you're watching this, turn it off right now. I'm being serious, Aunt Sherry. This is going to hurt your feelings a lot. All right. Now we can actually begin. So Aunt Sherry made a Yule log back in uh, probably like 2012. And... I regret to be saying this. Everyone in the family knew that it was a terrible artistic piece, except for Aunt Sherry in 2012. And what we did after that was it became a gift that was left in everyone else's car that you had to babysit for the year. And then you had to put it in someone else's car at Christmas. So it became like this like fun like joke because it was so ugly and you had to put it in your house. So like if you got it, you had to put it on like your mantle. And then if Aunt Sherry came over, you had to hope she didn't notice or like whatever it was. So like we gave it to my cousins one year. They gave it back to us. They gave it to and regretfully as a teenager, I put the Yule log on a Christmas sweater and wore it to Christmas while Aunt Sherry was there. And um, she recognized the Yule log. She was probably so upset. And I'm going to stop the I'm going to stop the story there because she recognized the Yule log and as a 16-year-old boy, I could not contend with a 50-year-old woman yelling at me or a 60-year-old woman. But that's the story. But what are you talking about, a Yule log? Oh, I was just saying that I'm going to make some, and I didn't know if you ever had them. You're probably going to make them way better. So, yeah, some people make them with, uh, like, put all kind of different fillings in them. But I like to put, um, like, what was the one you had? What was the filling? Wait, what are you talking about? What do you mean by Yule log? What are you talking about? A I'm Yule talking log. about like a like a like it looks like a tree branch with like fucking like um like Christmas lights around it and shit. No. Are you talking about like food? A... Yeah. Oh, dude, we're on a complete disconnect right now. My aunt Sherry's Yule log was like a piece of artwork that was like a tree. I was branch. about to say, how do you keep this thing for a year if it's yeah. food? <laughs> No, you thought bro, I had like, like you thought I had like a fucking like lemon roll. I was thing so in my... <laughs> I was so confused. I'm like, that's gonna get all like moldy and shit. No, no, it's like uh, it's almost like it's like a roll. It's like a rolled sheet cake with uh, like filling in it. Oh, dude, I make those with my dad. We make uh, we make lemon ones. It's a sheet cake with like lemon inside. Those are fire. 
what kind are you gonna make like what what are you gonna do for the filling Well, Yule Log's chocolate, and like, uh, I use like a coffee, like a coffee cream filling. Oh, that It's sounds like chocolate fire. ganache on the outside. Yeah, they're really good. I just But made it, a you're uh, supposed chocolate to shape ganache. it like a log. That That's sounds the whole point. really good. Yeah, like a pumpkin roll, like like John said. Um, yeah, dude, no. My Aunt Sherry's, I don't know why we called it Yule Log. Maybe we were using the wrong name. But yeah, it was like a tree branch with basically like uh, like like Christmas lights wrapped around it. And then she put cinnamon sticks on it. So it smelled. And then like pine needles as well. And yeah, you can just you can imagine what it looked like. Um, and she That's gifted funny. it to to my grandma as like a legitimate gift. And she pulled my grandma pulled it out and like didn't know what she was looking at or something like I don't remember what it was. Maybe that's not even the right story. But like I remember she gifted it to someone and it just everyone just looked at it and we just like didn't know what we were looking at. Um, That's funny. I made a chocolate ganache for Thanksgiving for my my wife's family. Um, and I didn't know my recipe did not say that I needed to put it in the freezer for a while. So I like or like put it in the fridge and cool it down. So I tried to take it out like an hour after I baked it and I broke the entire thing in half, just completely. My entire cake was busted in half. And, <laughs> and so I took it over there, basically like a big, like lump of cake with, with, uh, like it was a, it was a tort with ganache on it. And, um, yeah, I fucked it up, but it tasted amazing. Like it was fantastic. Do you have a do you have a kitchen aid? Um, no, actually. That's that should be your next uh purchase. It definitely, honestly, I was talking to uh, my wife about it, like probably a few months ago, and she's like, "You don't need that," and I was like, "I cook everything you eat. Like, you don't get a you don't get a a decision in Well, this. Like, you can use it for more things than you think, and if you get one, make sure you get the the bigger one. it is it the it's the one that like has like all the attachments on it, right? That you get to like stick, and oh my gosh, Yeah, it has it has a million attachments. I had a But question. I use mine all the time. I had a question for you. Um, have you ever been to the Appalachian Mountains? Nope. Well, dude, um, have you ever heard of the stories of like skinwalkers? Mm-hmm. I Yeah. have I have a weird experience that happened to me a few months ago. Not a few months ago, probably more like a few weeks ago. So I was out hunting. Um, I bow hunt and I shot a buck. So this this buck like walked down the ravine. It was like perfect. I wish I had a video of it. So I could show everybody, um, but it walked down the ravine and I like used my deer call, like a grunt call. And I shot this deer, um, with a, with an arrow come to find out later. It was only like a flesh wound. Like I only hit him like on his skin and like cut his skin and stuff. Um, but so he didn't die, but there was blood everywhere. And like, I followed him and there were like a trail and stuff, but I shot him at night and there were these deer that came over after I shot him and it was dead of night and I'm not kidding. I have like, like this is a legitimate story. These deer, like there were like four of them and there were like two right here and then two in the middle. And they were like, like, so they were like spread out around in like a half circle around me and it's pitch black out and I'm shining my light out while I'm looking for this deer and they're all staring right at me. And like I, my dad was there too. And like the deer were there and he saw them. And so like, I was convinced for a minute there, I was thinking I was like seeing stuff because these deer were all just literally like this. Like they were like staring at me and would not move, but there were four of them and they just looked right at me after I had just shot their buddy. And like, I don't know if I just had like a weird fucking like situation where these deer just like walked in, but usually 
when you're like hunting, if you're walking, you don't see deer because they hear you. But these deer yeah. were probably like, like, I mean, like 20 yards away. Like I could have shot them where they were standing with my bow and arrow in the dark. Like they were that close. I could see all four of them. And I was just like, dude, am I like, is, am I seeing stuff at first? And then after a while I was like, I'm definitely not seeing stuff. And then mm-hmm. I was wondering like, what the fuck are these deer looking at me? And then I was like, maybe I'm, ha- maybe these skinwalkers are going to kill me, but I didn't get killed. So they probably weren't skinwalkers, just a weird experience, but it made me feel immensely uncomfortable. There's a, uh, when my mom used to live here like a long time ago, there, um, there was this one buck that would always come to the backyard and it only had one antler. Um, and it would play with my, my dog, it, my dog the dog that's my mom cute. had was a that's kind of was cute. a pointer yeah it's kind of <laughs> cute until the one time they were playing and it stabbed uh oh. it stabbed my dog and he had to get rushed to the emergency vet oh my goodness dude. and get surgery yeah but they play together and then and, like we always her. had he betrayed yeah, her. well he didn't mean to but we always had deer that like would come into the yard that's cool and it was so weird because like normally you see like you see a deer and it instantly runs yeah yeah. don't but you kind of live like, in the mountains um i well i used to now i now i live in town but uh yeah i used to live on top of like a mountain in pennsylvania so it's not as obviously doesn't compare to like mountains in like colorado or something but still a mountain i mean yeah where i live i cannot see a hill that goes over 20 feet in the air for like 100 miles yeah. so it's better than yeah. what we got here um let me let me see if we got any last questions here. Um, I don't think we have any. Oh, I got a compliment. They said sick hair, man. Actually, dude, I was about to hair go. does look good. Thanks, thanks, man. I was about to get a haircut that was. Uh, I don't know if anyone's seen it. It's like uh, it's like shaved on the sides, but like a fade on the side, and then like you keep it. It's almost like a mullet, but not a mullet. Uh, but then I decided. No, not what you're to. talking about. I decided not to. Do you have anything anything last to say, Tony? Any last topics you want to talk about? Oh, the last thing I want to say is my fantasy team is. Yeah, tell us how that went. I mean, I want to hear, I want to hear all the injuries you had because I know you had like over five my, of them. My entire my entire team is hurt. Last week I was I forget who I was playing. I I had a hundred points and I still had Lamar Walker for the Seahawks and my tight end to play. All three of them got hurt, and between the three of them, they scored a combined one point. <laughs> so the only starter I have left is Diggs. Oh my goodness, bro! My entire team's hurt. Waller hasn't played. I've it's... got Waller too. I was six and one. I'm seven and six now. My season's over. Dude, that's 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 that just that's like the that's like the nightmare fantasy scenario. Yeah, where like you can't. It's I mean, it's just like luck. Like you can't. What, what can I do? That is so trash. You know who my quarterback this week is? Who? Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, bro. You need to pick up uh, Brock Purdy. Yes. <laughs> you know I almost do. picked him up, but you should not pick up Brock Purdy. The problem with that problem with him is he has so many weapons. Yeah. Like, He's just gonna like dump the feed ball McCaffrey. off. Bro. Yeah. He's gonna dump the ball off, and then they're just gonna have playmakers. Uh, like just yeah. absolutely running after the catch. I don't know if anybody I, – I think I told you guys this, but 
Brock Purdy was my econ 101 partner in college. That's so funny. Yeah, dude. It's the craziest year for football. It's so random. Of all time. Like, Brock Purdy, like, I did, like, assignments for Brock Purdy because he was just, like, like busy. And he'd just be like, oh, like, I'm just, you just, like, work on these. So I just work on our econ projects because I knew it was Brock Purdy. I was like, oh, yeah, there's no way I can ask Brock Purdy to fucking do more work. And then, bro, the Heisman candidate, Max Duggan, he played at Lewis Central in college or in high school, and I played at Ankeny High School, and me and him fucking played against each other in high school for football. Like, I, like how can I make this up? Dude, two people that I know are, like, on big stage football now. That's just so crazy. Absolutely nuts. But my fantasy team is uh, I started off – one in five and now i'm eight and five or i started off yeah, one in the four opposite of me and eight and five and it's all dude it's all thanks to uh josh jacobs and keenan allen bro that's all i can attribute it to those two those two dudes are uh are playing their asses off bro right. you know what's funny too the last thing i picked up hardman the week before he went off for three touchdowns Oh my god! The week after, hurt. Yep, bro. That's it feels like the it feels like I don't know what it is, but the Chiefs receivers, none of them can stay healthy. Nope. Like none. No. Um. Last last few words from me are uh, I'm just gonna summarize, dude. Costco puts for the earnings report in quarter three or quarter four. Um. I might have had Skinwalker Deer about to attack me. I'm not sure. Um. Sherry. Yule log, Amazon, uh, Amazon puts guys. Amazon is bearish. Spy CPI. Um, you know, trade lottos. Don't trade anything crazier than that. Uh, that's all I've got. Thank you guys all for for tuning in. Yeah, thanks everybody. I um I always go back and look at the rebroadcast. Um, kind of watch over and see if anybody ever you know, has any questions or, or comments. I know you said people liked the, uh, the tier talk thing we did. Um, uh, we, you know, we like to be serious, but at the same time kind of keep it light and, um, you know, just talk about whatever sometimes. So, um, but yeah, I, I like this format. I know once we start the project we're working on, um, I'm sure this will just get elevated. So. Oh, for sure. For sure. I'm excited for that to come out. And uh, yeah, thank you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll, we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks, everybody. Peace out, guys.